0: Welcome to Cool Explorations, I'm your host Tony Peters. Today we're going to have Pastor Michael Dowd on, and he's going to do our key verse segment from John 3, 16 to 18, and that is, For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And we're going to look at why this verse is important, uh, what the verse means, and how you can apply this verse to your life. And now for part two of that conversation.
1: Christ died to give us his life and and to to transform us progressively through this life into his life in 2 Corinthians 3.18. Uh, And and with that life, if we're going to become like Christ, if that's really God's aim in us, is to make us like his son. Well, what was one of the foremost character qualities of his son? We see that in John 3, 16 and 17. The father sent his son and the son went faithfully, willingly, wholeheartedly. So if I'm to become like Jesus and the father tells us to go. You Know Matthew 28, go into the world, then we need to go. The Great Commission is in this passage in John 3:16 through 18. Part of being like Christ, becoming like him, is, is being sent to do the Father's will and being faithful in it, just as he was. Yeah. So you know that's another piece of it here that comes out when you read the whole passage. Do you really understand what John 3:16 is teaching?
0: Yeah, and we need to. Make that connection between, um, even the, with the Old Testament, how there needed to be a blood sacrifice. There needed to be a, a perfect sacrifice to take our place and replace our sins. And Jesus fulfills that. Mm-hmm. And he speaks of that here. It, 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 it's him saying, I uh, am coming as that blood sacrifice, I will wash away your sins through my sacrifice and you will no longer need another blood sacrifice. You only need me. I will be that connection to my, to my father, to your father. And it's just, it's powerful, powerful. And it's humbling that yeah. to think that Christ would do something like that for us, because it was not an easy sacrifice uh, as we see in the garden of Gethsemane when he's when he's praying, he's, it's something he he was afraid of because it was it, it was a terrible death he was going to. And he deserved it.
1: <laughs> he he was both fully man and fully God. And as someone who is fully man, you know, the Gethsemane demonstrates beautifully his humanity. Uh, and, and, and in that moment, though, he demonstrates again for us that it's okay to turn to the Father and say, Father, please, if it be your will, let this come pass." But then he also models for us, you know, the the kind of uh, hu- the kind of human nature that he longs to impart to us when he says, Father, nevertheless, your will be done and not mine. Exactly. Uh, and so, you know, so we've, we've got all that. But there's, you know, when we look into verse 17 and we've, we've already talked about a lot of the things that come in when we read forward here. But there are a couple of things in verse 17 here. And 18 that I I want to just point out real quickly too. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And, And then verse 18 kind of builds on that. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. So again, when you look at Ephesians 2, we understand fallen humanity they're dead Uh, they're led by a very different spirit by the prince of the power of the air Uh, he wants them he wants the dead uh, to follow the passions of of their own desires rather than the desires and the will of god Uh, and because of that and what is paul saying ephesians 2 3 because of that we're by nature we're objects of wrath well jesus says the same thing here in a sense he says you're condemned already you know, when we go out into the world and we bear the gospel, we're talking to people who are condemned. They, they don't have to do anything uh, to earn that status. That status is already theirs. You're condemned. Uh, you're on death row. Uh, your destiny, uh, again, is wrath. You go to the end of John chapter 3, and John writes, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. The wrath of God remains on him. Uh, Condemnation uh, is is the present status of the lost. The wrath of God remaining upon them is the present status of the lost. By the way, Romans 1 teaches the same thing. That's where you're at. And and so there's a sense of urgency to that. When we preach the gospel, we need to preach to people, listen, you are whether you know it or not, you are in, in the worst of possible states. And by the way, you're helpless to deliver yourself from it. Uh, you know, and Jesus says here, you know, that's why he says, I didn't I didn't come into the world to condemn the world. I don't need to condemn the world. It's already condemned by its deeds, by its sinful nature and the works that flow from it. And so, you know, one of the things I always remind the folks in my church about is, listen, as you interact with the world, realize the Son came into the world and He didn't condemn it. Don't you do it either. You know how we interact with the lost uh, is it should not be a spirit of, uh, of attacking and condemning. Uh, you know it ought to be uh, as one of my theology professors I used to love uh, one of his favorite sayings was the gospel's offensive enough. You don't need to be any more. <laughs> it's profoundly offensive to tell people that listen because of your sinful nature, uh, your inclination to go your own way to rebel against God's ways, you have committed offenses that merit God's everlasting judgment against you. People are going to be offended enough by that. You don't got to point out their particular sins. Just point out the fact that, listen, your particular sins are evidence that you possess a sin nature and you're going to be judged for it. Um, So there's a spirit, I think. and, And by the way, God loved the world and we ought to love the world too. But the greatest act of love is to share the gospel with someone. Because no other act of love, we're not capable of any other act of love that that can bring that kind of deliverance. So our greatest act of love is is to bear the gospel. And we ought to have really a genuine loving heart towards the people who are dead. Because you know what, Tony, they're powerless. If you're dead, what can a dead man do? What can a dead woman do to satisfy and please God? Nothing. So don't, don't expect the dead to be anything other than the dead. Have a heart for them. Have a sense of compassion for them. Have pity. And bear the message that is going to offend them. uh, But it's going to offend them because it's going to make a straightforward declaration about their nature and where they're going. And again, I think that comes out more fully. You know, when you read 17 and 18, you're condemned. You are a creature of wrath right now. And my heart goes out to you. Uh, and 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 that's bad news because there are consequences to that. But I love you, and I have good news as well. You can be delivered from that. You know, I've never seen anybody attacked into the kingdom of God. Right?
0: Yeah, uh, well,
1: that's the into the kingdom of
0: God. and that's why Jesus points out so much about love and and about how that that is how we really need to approach it is is through love. Yeah. And like you say, if if you're trying to condemn people, it's not it's not necessarily going to reach them. It's just going to make them think you you think you're holier than thou, and that's not how we want to come across. We want to come across as we are no better than you. Seriously. We are, exactly God, God is what's what's redeemed us. Jesus Christ has redeemed us. Well, and,
1: you know, and when we and when we attack people, Tony. Uh, what do we t- typically attack them for? Uh, we, we usually have our favorite sins. And if you fall into that category, then you merit my wrath. Um, you know, and I pour it down upon you. And part of the problem with doing that uh, is that you, you gloss over all of the things uh, that the dead do uh, that may not upset you so much uh, or that you may not even see, but God sees. You know, my pet sin that you may be engaging in uh, is a a manifestation of the reason why you're condemned and under his wrath. But they are not the core reason. The core reason is your nature. And by the way, you you may have manifestations of your nature that I can't see. You may be profoundly covetous. You may be incredibly envious. You may have a heart that just longs to destroy people. And yet you may seem like a person per- perfectly likable person to me. And, and by drawing on some of the things that the church tends to tends to attack, the more evident things we tend to send the message to people who maybe don't have those kinds of vivid manifestations of sin that we see that they're okay. And the worst, honestly, my personal opinion, Tony, and this is this is from experience, you know, doing life and, and living life and serving the Lord for you know for decades. Uh, is that the worst spiritual condition a person can get themselves into is a condition where they really believe that they kind of have a set of ethical ethics and values and standards that puts them in a the right standing before God. Uh, as one, as a good friend of mine here in the church says, when we do that, we might as well say to him, here's your mask. You may you can do a good job of looking alive and, and we'll just we'll we'll be more than happy to have you among us and treat you like you're one of us when in fact you're not. The message ought to be straightforward. I don't care who you are. Uh, I don't care how good you may think you are. Uh, you have a nature that merits God's wrath. And when we look at it from that perspective and not narrow it into the different manifestations, you know, where we pick and choose because we want to do that. Um, uh, I think I think we are really more faithful to the gospel. Uh, Jesus didn't say here that you're you're condemned for this that or the other. He just simply said you're condemned for the whole litany of reasons that God's word teaches us we're condemned, and uh, and that's really the core of the message. Your nature is broken. Your nature is an offense to the living God, uh, and you need to realize you need to humble yourself and admit that, and admit that there's nothing you can do to solve your eternal problem of perishing that you need help. And the only source of help that is going to deliver you is the love of God that sent his only son into the world to do that. You know, and then, then, you know, where people's lives are a mess, Tony. uh, And, you know, and by the way, you and I are still to some level a mess. God's working on us. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But where people's lives are a mess, you know, uh, they're not going to clean it up before they come to Christ. That work is only going to begin when the holy spirit comes into their lives and now you know it's a it's a, a work of god's grace in us and, and the body working together to be fellow faithful workers with them in the process of slowly progressively leading people out of that life they once were given over to uh, and into the life that god is is bringing to pass in still working still working is working according to his good will and pleasure as we work on our own salvation with fear and trembling but it's a work he promises he, he began and it he'll, he'll finish it. and it yeah. won't be complete until again we're resurrected as whole people body heart mind soul that will uh forever new forever good delivered from sin's presence and power yeah and
0: i think that ties perfectly right into our application we've kind of covered a lot of application in here but uh, I think we'll directly um, state application here and I think that part of that has to be um, a a call to salvation just you know if if anyone has has any questions uh, or concerns or or uh, wants to to learn more about how they can come to Christ uh, they can feel free to to send me an email at tpeters745 at, at gmail.com. And, and I do strongly encourage you to commit your life to Christ and uh, follow him and his commandments for it is, it is a life of redemption. And uh, I've heard this from so many people who have committed their life to Christ after a life of sin. And uh, they just say it's freeing. They feel like a weight is taken off their shoulder and that they can feel a stronger love and bond with with other people. So I, I strongly encourage people to, if they take nothing out of this other than that, come to Christ for Christ does love you. He wants to set you free of your sins. He wants to be with you for all eternity in heaven so you can be in God's glory for all eternity and worship him. Uh, It's it's definitely, the rewards are great and he doesn't ask for much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All he asks for is is for you to just admit your sin to him and, and ask him to come and cleanse you and wash you free of those sins and for you to ask him to come into your heart and that he would live through you. Uh, that that's all he asks of you uh it's it's really nothing compared to the sacrifice he had to make and the pain he had to go through to set us free to bring us into glory with with god
1: yeah, the only thing i would add to that tony is now uh it, you know if, if you've got listeners who don't know the lord who have not embraced jesus christ in the ways that we've talked about this this you know this morning but that the scriptures call us to uh, that you do it now. Uh, this is not a message to sit on. Uh, this is not a message to you know well you know maybe I'll think about it. Uh, this, is, this is the call to respond because again John 3:16 through 18 teaches that right now you are in a condemned state. Right now you are under God's wrath and if you breathe your last and you have no idea if God's going to give you tomorrow, if you breathe your last, There is no opportunity. Uh, I'm sorry, but there's no purgatory. You can't pray or pay somebody out of some place where there's an intermediate state. That decision needs to be made while you live and have breath. For it's appointed for man to die once and then the judgment. And if you die once, if you die that one death without placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, there is no reversing what comes. And that death could come tomorrow that death could come five minutes from now. The message that everybody has heard this morning, I can't strongly, I plead with you, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, be reconciled to God, be restored to the right relationship with him by trusting in Jesus Christ and him alone.
0: Yeah, and like you say, we don't know how long we have, whether it's it's natural causes or an accident or anything. We don't know when our time will come And oftentimes you don't have that warning beforehand, and we also don't know when the Lord is coming again. We don't know when that is going to happen. He's going to come like a thief in the night, as it says in Revelation, and throughout the throughout even many times in the in the New Testament and the Old Testament, like it just Jesus is coming again, and we need to be ready, and we need to have our hearts ready. For that you do not want to have to go through the tribulation period or any of the things that revelation that you see you don't want to have to go through that uh and be in the in that boat where you're like i missed it i missed You'll it
1: from the wrath to come which is one of the promises he makes to one of the churches in revelation 10-3. yeah
0: yeah so i i think uh this has been wonderful. Uh, It's great to to study these pieces of scripture and to learn about these things. Uh, Is there anything that you want to add before we, before we sign off here? I just want
1: to reiterate, Tony, if you love memorizing verses, and I think that's a wonderful thing to do, know the context. Don't just memorize the verse, study the context, the verse is is in Mm -hmm. know the verse. Um, don't let yourself get led astray by just stripping it from its context and then reading into it your own understanding. Right, study the passage in, with, in which that verse sits, so and you understand it well.
0: Yeah, and I like to do exactly what you did go back to the Greek, go back to the Hebrew, the Aramaic, go back to those meanings because oftentimes the deeper meaning is lost in translation. And so it's so great I'm to go not. back to that. Yeah, yeah, and then look at the verse before it, look at the verse after. And look at the section it's in so that you can really understand that context. Because, yeah, like you say, you don't want to be in that boat where you're taking things out of context and not really grasping the, the true and, meaning.
1: And slow down, Tony, and take the time to do all the things you just said. Just take yeah. the time. Pay careful attention to it. Uh, Paul teaches Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, 15, do your best. To accurately handle the word of God. Rightly divide the word of truth, I think the King James translation says do your best. It's hard work. It ought to be. Take your time and do that work to understand it well.
0: Thank you for coming on and sharing with us today. Uh, it has been a pleasure. Likewise. Thank you for listening to Cool Explorations. You've just heard Pastor Mike O'Dowd talk about the key verse segment for today, John 3, 16 to 18. Uh, We've explained why these verses are so important to you, uh, what the verses mean, and how you can apply these verses to your own life. If you would like to reach me for any reason, you can do so at tpeters745 at gmail.com.